Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Tightwad Tack, episode 76, Transformer 2, Revenge of the Tablet. No, I can't do that. Michael Bay will sue us. Um, so how about we just call it the Transformer follow-up? <laughs> that sounds good. Uh, what was it? A um, couple of months ago, we did a first look of the Transformer tablet from Asus, and I said we'd get back to you when we had some more data, and um, so now we have. So we're going to get uh, onto that a little later on. But first, let me introduce my illustrious co-host, Mr. Sean Keibel. Welcome back, Sean. Thank you. It's great to be back. It feels like it's been a week since we talked. Yes, almost exactly a week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. It's good. It's cold. It's getting to be that time of year. It's Texas cold. Right, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> some of our listeners up north, are, they laugh at us. Or, or guys like John, right? Right, yeah. Chris uh, on the... Everyday Linux, you know, he, he said it was, uh, I think they're expecting a high temperature of like 11 today. Um, and <laughs> right. that's not counting the wind chill. Montana? Yeah, uh, Montana. Yeah. And, and you know, like our low temperature is supposed to be 27. So, you know, and then we're, we're battening down the hatches. That's hurricane weather for us, or not hurricane, yeah. but blizzard weather. Get the park out. All right. <laughs> that's that's so funny because I, I I've probably commented on this before, but um you can see people like the high today uh was like forty five, forty six, somewhere around there. And people were literally wearing their big fuzzy lined heavy down jacket. Why do, why does Texans even own that? I don't know, but but they have their, their really big heavy things with the big parka hood. Right. But come February when the high temperature is 40 for the first time in a while, they'll be out in shirt sleeves and, and shorts going, ooh, well, I love the spring weather. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing how quickly you can adapt to that, you know. Uh, I don't know. I, you know I, I spent a little bit of time growing up in Colorado, and uh, this just doesn't seem that cold to me. But, yeah, it's funny watching people, you know, in their like, – like they're going to the North Pole or something, you know. They're <laughs> just <laughs> – yeah. Uh, well, you know, Santa's here. It is it is Christmas time, therefore you must be freezing. But anyway, right? yeah. we digress. But then again, we digress from digressing. Sean, <laughs> you have somebody there with you today? Yes. Yeah, I thought it would be funny to mention because she insisted on sitting here next to me as I record. So I've got my daughter Gracie. Hi, Gracie. Yeah, all five years old of her. And uh she's commandeered my big eighteen inch laptop to uh watch the christmas bunny <laughs> the christmas bunny yeah yeah and then you know she she wanted to she wanted to sit here right next to me normally i'll set her up and uh you know she she could be asleep or maybe not asleep when we record but um she wanted to be right here next to me t tonight and so yeah she's got the laptop on her lap and uh, a set of headphones in so she can watch her movie <laughs> in peace and, you know not, you know don't want dad you know bothering her at all that's funny i don't actually want to be a part of anything you're doing i just want proximity Right. <laughs> so you kind of, you got to love that, right? I mean, uh, it, it's great to have uh, kids just for reasons like that. They, they love you in spite of you. Well, in a few years, she won't even want to be on the same zip code as you. So, yes, I know. That's why I let her do things like this because, uh, 
Yeah. She'll not only not want to do things with me, she'll be embarrassed by my presence. Right. Dad, can you just park here a block away and not drive <laughs> <Right>. me to school? <laughs> so, uh, yes, I relish these moments. So, tonight I have a live audience of one. Well, speaking of family, uh, last week you told us your dad was having a surgery. What's what's the latest news on him? Yeah, uh, well, he had, uh, it was brain surgery. Um, he had some uh, issues with uh, uh Oh, what is it? Uh, he was having many strokes and then they, that led to them doing scans and they found, uh, several, uh, pretty severe blockages. Basically, he was like a ticking time bomb. It's, it's a good thing. It's one of those, uh, it's a great thing that they found it when they did, you know? Um, so, uh, he had brain surgery. They went in and, uh, cleared out these blockages and I guess did whatever they do to the aneurysms. He had a couple of aneurysms and, um, did all that and uh he was only in the hospital for i want to say four days it really was you know <laughs> you think brain surgery and you think uh you know somebody's going to be in the hospital for a couple of months but uh yeah he uh he went through pretty much with flying colors and uh his recovery has been uh as well as can be expected and uh, uh barring you know some problems with his uh blood pressure his blood pressure has been really high ever since the surgery but uh, other than that prognosis is good so yeah cuz there's uh, nothing stressful about having somebody cut your head open that that wouldn't cause your right, blood pressure to right. go up yeah we're just going to cut this open dig around in here a little bit and um, we're going to see if you can still talk when you wake up <laughs> I, i'm reminded of that scene in uh star trek 4 the 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 voyage home where uh, bones goes to what was the 80s equivalent of a modern hospital you remember that scene yes and uh and uh was it Chekhov fell and hit his head and they were going to do a fundoscopic examination they were going to cut his head open uh, drill holes in it and look around and and he was like it's the stone age and then he gives this woman in the hallway a pill and she grows a new kidney um, yeah, it, someday we're going to look back on all our advancements in medicine and go, we were just monkeys banging on rocks back then. We didn't know anything. Right. <laughs> I mean, when you think about the fact that the, the number one best cure for cancer is introducing poison to the body uh, and just hoping that we, how, how is that different from leeches and, and, right. and being bled? You know, it, we, we look back on that and think that's stupid. And a hundred years from now, we're going to look at, you did what to these people? You irradiated them? What? <laughs> What bunch of crack just, quacks were you? You didn't just put the magic sticker on your forehead? Right. <laughs> yeah, now it would be like, you've got uh, yeah. a class three melanoma of the skin. Uh, take two of these pills and you'll be fine. Right. <laughs> well, things won't even get that far. Well, that's true. You um, know, your, your, your smart implant will... The nanobots cruising around right, your body. Say, there's a cancer cell and you'll, you'll never even know it. <laughs> so, yeah. So anyway, I appreciate, uh, I got, uh, uh, you know, a host of, uh, well wishes and prayers and I appreciate all of that. And, uh, it's uh, paying dividends cause he's doing great and just saw him tonight and uh, he's enjoying his grandkids and, uh, continuing on. So that's awesome. Yeah. All right, Mark. So uh, we've had a, a pretty exciting week for our little network. You want to go into that? Well, I don't know. I, I, I thought it was more disappointing than exciting. Um, <laughs> it was a little disappointing. A little... <laughs> we, we got, we got uh, lifted up and snubbed all in the That's same. That's right. It was, it's sort of like being picked last at volleyball. I mean, you were picked, right? But you were picked right. last. <laughs> 
we're talking about the Edu Blog Award, something we've mentioned on the show a few times, and we pleaded with our audience, please, please, please nominate us for an Edu Blog Award. And we know for a fact that a couple of you did, but apparently the Edu Blog people just didn't think it was enough or didn't think we were education centric and i don't know what their reasons were they don't offer reasons they don't have to offer reasons they don't owe me an explanation but we were snubbed uh we we weren't we didn't make the short list of nominations right. however one of the other podcasts on the uh um element op network the tightwad teacher did so we are encouraging our our tightwad audience you element op heads out there to go to edublogs.org edublog awards or I should have that link in front of me. Just Google Edgeblock <laughs> Awards. Go there. Go to the best podcast category. Find it's like third from the bottom, the Tightwad Teacher Podcast, and vote. You can vote once a day, every day, until December, I think it's 15th. So we've got about two weeks to vote like crazy. So, um, And it, you can only do it from one IP address. So if you, if you don't, it don't, won't do you any good to have all of your colleagues at work or at school do it uh, at work or at school. They'll all have to right. do it at home. So uh, Per day. Right. One vote per IP address per day. So please go out there and vote for the Taiwan teacher. Um, can't help but uh, um, point out the fact that we were only nominated after Sean left the show. So maybe if I'd kicked him off of this show, <laughs> it would be nominated. Hey, hold on now. I, I had what up. I think they got nominated after they did like two episodes without me. So, so apparently that's all it took. It's like, oh, so man, we got rid of that guy. I, I prefer to think of it as they're basing it off of my previous body of work. <laughs> they're riding on your coattails, right? Right. <laughs> Thank no, you, Professor really, Messer, in the chat room for posting the link. Edublogawards.com. Uh, you can go there and find the best use of audio, video, podcast, whatever. Um, um, yeah, it's a long URL. But up at the top, you can just go to uh, categories. Uh, to, or excuse me. It says 2011 nominees and its best uh, podcast. Uh, it's it's about two thirds of the way down the list. And yeah, you and you know it. the irony of that is they list my posting for the Tightwad teacher right as the uh, I guess the decisive post. So, <laughs> and of course, uh, you know, Mark, we were talking about this earlier today. I couldn't nominate our own show because you can't nominate yourself. So, I mean, it was even borderline that I nominated the Tightwad Teacher because, you know, it's a show on our network. But right. I was like, well, I'm not on that show. So, uh, yeah, that's sort of like the uh, ringmaster saying, let me direct your attention to the ring on the left. You know, we're still in the big top, but just right. let me point over there. <laughs> yeah, but still, you know, a great thing for our network and uh, certainly proud of uh, John, John Mikulski and Brian Brugger, who are the, the uh, hosts of that show. And uh, they're doing a great job and uh, we are excited for them. And, uh, you know. If you haven't listened to their show or you know somebody that it applies to, uh, go listen to it. Spread the word. Uh, certainly visit uh, the Edublog Awards site and uh, vote for them often. Yeah. Uh, we'd love that to be more than just a nomination. And we're not just saying that they're a good show because they're on our network. They're on our network because we think they're a good show. Um, you know, they, they, they get good people on there and they have good conversations. Uh, and uh, uh, some of the and we we handpicked those guys for that That's show. That's right. And they have some of the best voiceover talent working for them anywhere. So, uh, <laughs> that's really impressive, too. I'll agree. I'll have to agree with that. <laughs> the, or I should say the best you can find for under a dollar an hour. Right. <laughs> 
So uh, one other thing uh, in the, the the warm-up. This is something that Sean and I have both done for the last couple of years that he pointed at me, uh, po- pointed me to uh, two or three years ago, and that's the portable North Pole. Tell us about that, Sean. Yeah, so uh, I'll give you the URL. The URL. I'm sorry. <laughs> Mark doesn't like that URL. Yeah, I don't. Uh, URL is kind of like it. URL is a name of a mechanic with whose plumber's crack disease. That's kind of what I like about it. But anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, if you'll just go to a portable North Pole TV uh, slash home. Uh, is where you're going to end up, but uh, portablenorthpole.tv. And this site is uh, basically you can go to this site and you can make a custom message from Santa. And uh, we're not talking about like some kind of cheesy card or something. This is actually a recording. And uh, what they've done, they've obviously recorded like all of these different uh possible scenarios and it's kind of like one of those build your own story type situations but it's this guy who looks amazing i mean he looks like santa claus and it uh, doesn't look like the santa claus with the cheesy beard or anything like that uh no it's a it's, pretty big budget production and they do a good job of it yeah it's amazing um and, and like mark said we've done it uh, we've both done it for the last few years we both have small children uh but uh you can go there and you can upload pictures of your kids you can uh, put information in there about uh, maybe some of the things that they are looking to get for christmas and not just for kids there's adult categories you can have a you can do uh you can pick naughty or nice so you can do one for a naughty adult and santa will get a little risque and it's funny Right, right. Yeah. So if you want to have some fun around the office or whatever, um, and it'll make, I mean, I cannot say just how awesome these videos are. I mean, you just can't describe it. You have to go check it out yourself. Uh, play around with it. You can just mess around with it once and you'll get an idea of, of what it is. And then you're going to go crazy with it. If you have children, you're going to be making them for your kids. Uh, like Mark said, you can get creative and do something for maybe somebody at the office or whatever. Uh, if you're a teacher, maybe you'll make one for your principal. I don't know. (laughs) I I will (laughs) say that they took a step back in my opinion this year. Last year, there were several different scenarios you could pick. So I've got three kids and I had to make them different enough so that they didn't think it was some cheesy computer-generated thing. Uh, but right. this year, I made one for all three kids, and it was exactly the same thing with just the different words, so you know, different names substituted. So, um, Oh, okay. Yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't done mine this year yet, so I didn't yeah. know. So not quite as many uh, options this yeah, well, year. Well, there are – you know, the only option is to change the name and, and a couple of things like that. It's, you don't get the options that you did last year, and that's disappointing to me. But, you know, I, I'm whining about something that's free, so maybe I should just back off of that. Let me let me ask you this. Uh, I know, like last year, you could put in like the city and state that you were from. Yeah, it draws a little Google Earth map and shows Santa driving to or flying to you. Okay, good. I'm glad they kept yeah, that. That was really one cool. of my favorite parts. Uh, and you can upload pictures of your kids, and Santa will have those in his book, his naughty or nice book. It'll actually have your pictures of the kids there. Uh, so that's really cool. Yeah, uh, and uh, they do try to upsell you they want to want you to subscribe to like uh uh deals like if you say your your kid is going to get a doll because that's one of the things they ask you then they'll like click here to get discounts on dolls but if you don't click there if you opt out they don't spam you at least they never have in the past i've done this several years and i've never gotten any unsolicited mail from them so uh don't worry about that yeah, and this is really the first year that I've seen them actually making a serious effort to make any kind of money off of it. Yeah. And if you, uh, they keep it there for a, a couple of weeks after Christmas, and if you want to download it, 
you can pay a small fee for that. It's like 10 bucks or less. And uh, then right. you can download it and keep it. Which they're, they're worthy of right. keeping and, and certainly uh, worth paying that little bit. So if you got young kids out there, I think this is the seminal year for my nine-year-old. I think this is the year where she's going to, to, the last time that she'll believe in Santa, if she does still. I think she's going through the motions right now. And I think next next year she'll decide it's not even worth going through the motions. Okay. Uh, yeah. But, and then you got to try to, then you have to enlist her on your side. Right. right. Yeah. You got to get Keep her in Santa on myth. it so yeah. that she can help the little sisters. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, because we, we went to see we, uh, our local children's museum has breakfast with Santa every year. And uh, Santa's beard was crooked and his wife adjusted it for him and it, it's a guy we've known who goes to our church and she was like oh that was mr edwards so you know <laughs> she had her doubts already of course then you know we we did the thing we, the lie the, the lies that you tell your kids well santa's really busy this kind of time of year so he can't be everywhere so these people are helping santa out they're pretending to be santa so that he can do his real work and right. she, she was kind of like okay you know I, I, you're my dad so i'm gonna say i believe you but i'm not sure i do so we'll see. I, right. I think that's a shame to lose that. There, there's so little magic in our lives today, particularly, I mean, technology, this thing that we do for a living robs magic from you on a daily basis. Um, because there's, there's nothing that's uh, mythical or whimsical anymore. You can, you can do that on your phone or your iPad or, or I saw something better than that on television. So Santa and the tooth fairy, those are one of the, the, the enduring myths of childhood that i hate to see anybody give up i mean you, your innocence is robbed soon enough i know people talk about i'm never going to lie to my kids and they need to know that it's not real but your kids lose their innocence soon enough i'm not going to help right that's my thinking on that anyway did a rocket just take off in your living room what was that <laughs> no that's uh <laughs> that's why if i sounded distracted there that was my five-year-old going uh, I need to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. That's why I had to put it in there in the warm-up because I knew something like that was just bound to happen. So. <laughs> okay, so moving right along to the, the Asus Transformer. Just to remind you, this is a 10-inch tablet uh, made by Asus. Uh, uh, and actually, if you're uh, their new version, the, the uh, Transformer Prime, uh, is due out... I'm not sure if they're going to say it's going to ship before Christmas or not. I don't remember. But uh, one of the one of the issues, one of the news things that I uh, we talked about uh, earlier this week on Everyday Linux, and I was going to put it in these show notes, but I forgot, is Amazon has been sending emails to people letting them know that their order for the, the Asus um, Transformer Prime is being canceled because they don't have enough supply from their manufacturer. So Asus is having trouble either keeping up with the demand or they've oversold what they can do. I'm not sure what the story is there. But if you bought one of those from Amazon in the last couple of weeks, um, you probably are going to get your order canceled. Oh, wow. Um, and it's, uh, it's, it's a really cool device. And, and anyway, uh, we had it. We, we did a first look at it um, back a couple of months ago. And uh, I gave it to a student and, and let her keep it for a while. And then I've had teachers look at it. So I just wanted to tell you uh, what their impressions were and what my impressions are of it so uh, are you gonna uh, kind of give a, a brief what this thing is first yeah well uh I, I, we already did that but i'll i'll, I'll do it again it's a uh, um 
it's a tablet like an iPad. It's it's uh, um, slightly it's it's more rectangular than an iPad. It's more like a four uh, a sixteen by nine screen and, and less like a four by three. Uh, but it runs the Android operating system running Honeycomb, uh, and the new one will ship with with Ice Cream Sandwich. And and I checked, and the the one I have is going to be updated with Ice Cream Sandwich when it comes out. Oh, nice! Um, but uh, what makes it special is it's got a, a it's three eighty nine, I think it is um, list price for just the tablet. So it's about two hundred dollars less than the the cheapest iPad. But um, it's got a uh, keyboard that you can snap onto it. It makes it like a little 10-inch netbook at that point. And the keyboard is about another $150. So it basically comes out being almost exactly the cost of an iPad when you add the keyboard to it. But the keyboard and- gives it not just a keyboard. It gives it an extra battery and USB ports and, and all sorts of cool stuff like that. Yeah, I think it's worth noting that we're not talking about like how people do with the iPad where you've got this sort of Bluetooth keyboard that goes into a uh, quasi, uh, I don't know, a case or something and it sort of makes it kind right. of like a netbook. This snaps together and is exactly like a netbook. Right. It's a physical connection. It's not some Bluetooth connection or something like that. It physically snaps into a dock. And you have a touchpad like on a on a net, uh, laptop, and you get a full 104 key keyboard. Uh, um, well, it doesn't have the number pad. That's but just like a like you would expect on a netbook. It's got a built-in um, webcam on the front. It's it it really is taking an Acer 10-inch netbook and putting a touchscreen on it and making the keyboard detachable. Not Acer, Asus. Um, but it's it's a really it's a really cool thing, and we we thought it was great. Um, but we wanted to see how it really worked in the real world. So I gave it to a student who was not a uh, um, an all-star honor student, but not you know special ed either. I, I tried to pick a pretty average student who's going to put it to average use. And I let her have it for about three weeks. Uh, actually, I told her she could have it for two weeks. <laughs> and it took me three weeks to get it back from her. And I had to track it down and literally take it out of her backpack. <laughs> she didn't want right. to give it up. Um, so just to give you an idea of, of her impression of it, but, uh, she said she used it primarily as a tablet with the keyboard detached. Most of the time, that's how she was using it as a full touchscreen interface. Uh, uh, and she used it as, as a reader for the most part. Most of our textbooks are online at our school. So she used it for her textbooks and, and things like that. But when her exact words were, when you need to get work done, that's when you need the keyboard. She said she could probably get by without the keyboard, but it's a much more functional tool with the keyboard. And that's something that I've said uh, all along, that you really need a physical interface device instead of a virtual keyboard to make one of these things work. And and she um, confirmed my suspicions on that. And the app that uh, that comes on, the Office app that comes on is called Polaris Office. And we're a Google Docs school, and Polaris Office will link sort of to Google Docs. It'll sync up, it'll pull your Google Docs down, convert them to Polaris Office documents, and you can edit them natively. And it's a very, you know, Office suite-like process. If you can use Word or NeoOffice or OpenOffice or any of those things, you can use this. It's it's very similar. Uh, the trouble is, if you want to push it back up to Google Docs, you have to do the standard upload, as if you were uploading a Word document. It doesn't sync with the existing document. You can't collaborate on it. It's, it's uploading a new document. It, that part is clumsy. But it does pull oh, yeah. down your existing stuff, and in fact, she didn't. She never figured out that you could upload. And I and I'll tell you, I didn't give her any training on this. 
I explained to her the situation that this was a demo unit. We wanted to see how it worked. And I just gave it to her and said, figure it out. And I did that on purpose. I wanted to see um, if it was intuitive, if she could figure it out, if, if, if training was going to be an issue. I wanted to know that. So I just handed it to her and didn't tell her anything. I said, you know, I'm going to ask her this back. Okay. And so she didn't know. She, had, she didn't figure out that you could sync Polaris Office with Google Docs. Um, she was just starting new documents there, and she was actually copying and pasting from, from Google Docs when need be, which I thought was clever. Um, uh, because Google Docs does work on the Android browser, but not very well. You can't really edit it. You can access it, but not edit it. And so she figured that out. And so when she needed to do something, she would just copy and paste it. But then she figured out she couldn't print. She couldn't access any of our network printers to get to something. And she couldn't, uh, uh, couldn't hook it up to, it didn't work with the USB uh, connection to her printer at the house. So she had a paper that she had created on this tablet and couldn't figure out how to get it out. Um, she couldn't figure out how to email the attachment. It's actually pretty easy. You click the share button and one of the options is email. But again, I didn't train her on that. And so, and, and it wasn't easily discoverable for her. So being the clever uh, 17-year-old student that she is, she hooked up with TeamViewer, which is something we've talked about here on the uh, before on the show, a remote desktop tool, and used the, tra- the file transfer features of TeamViewer and copied the file from her computer to her home computer and then emailed it to herself at school. So uh, even, even with the little glitches, the ingenuity reigned, and she managed to get uh, done what she needed to do. So I thought that was uh, a pretty impressive bit of problem solving. Uh, in terms of web browsing, um, she she never went to something that didn't work. Uh, and that you know one of the big advantages of the Android OS right now is that it supports Flash and iOS doesn't. So uh, she had the what Apple would call the full web. She had access to all her websites. It does. Uh, it runs uh, JavaScript. It does everything. Uh, Pretty well. It had, in fact, uh, uh, I put on it for her. No, I didn't. I did that for me, but I wiped it out. I was going to say I, I had tried uh, Firefox Mobile on it to get the full Firefox experience, but but I had I erased it. that. I had put it back to factory defaults for her, so she didn't have that. She just used the built-in browser. She said she was able to go everywhere she needed to do uh, natively. She understood how to work the tab, tab browsing because she was comfortable with Firefox and Chrome tabs. And um, and there just it wasn't an issue doing uh, anything like that. All the websites worked, uh, and uh, her uh, most of the thing that she found most to make the two things that impressed her most was battery life. And out and one of the reasons she got such great battery life is the second thing. She was impressed with the instant on nature of it. Now you uh, anybody who's got an Android phone or even an iPhone knows that you can turn the screen off, but it's not really off. Everything's running. It's still collecting mail. You can do all that. Um. But it's in a low power mode. But she would actually turn it off as in press and press and hold the power button until it said power down. And she would power it down. And even from a cold power off, these things come up in 45, 50 seconds, way less time than booting your average average desktop PC. So she would shut it down every time she was done with it and bring it up to use it and then shut it down. And she was impressed with the the fact that it was ready there was such a slow uh, such a fast boot time that it was that she could completely power it off and not be uh bothered by that so because she did that she would get the battery she would charge it once a week on average um the, the asus says 16 hours of continuous use and in my experience i would get 
two to three days because when it's idling, it's still doing a lot of stuff. But because she cut it off every time and only turned it on when she needed it, she would get six or seven days out of a battery charge. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, it's it's interesting too that she, you know, that, that talks about that generation. You know, they battery life is just like instantly you know, in, in their mindset, I mean, that's just part of how they operate, right? You know, they're used to all of these devices. So they, they're just programmed that way to, to think about it. Right. Um, and so when I asked her what she thought, uh, you know, if we could do a one-to-one initiative with this and give one to every student and replace computers with it, her answer was interesting to me. She said, no, she said that, the uh, advanced people could use it um, as their regular desktop, but she thought that probably uh, middle school and down would not be able to, and that uh, those who are, are um, struggling learners, shall we say, would probably not be able to do it because it's just different enough from what they're used to that it would be off-putting. That she thought it would be good for uh, those who are in the uh, advanced placement and sort of stuff. And like I said, she she wasn't necessarily one of those. But she thought that that's who it would be best for, and but she recognized it as a as a plus device, not your only device. Uh, she had a computer at home. She did. I, I encouraged her to use it at school instead of our desktop computers at school, and she did uh, when she was allowed. And we'll I'll get to that in a minute. Um, but she said that she still, at some points during the, her experience with it, needed to get to what she called a real computer, um, and so that she didn't think that it would work. And a full-on, all-day, everyday, this-is-my-only-computing-device environment. Which was, that was good to hear from a student, because that's what I've thought all along. And again, I didn't prompt her in any way. Uh, I just handed it to her, and then at the end, I, I had her fill out, I just gave her a blank sheet of paper and said, write your thoughts. And I didn't, I didn't prompt her or, or try to goad her in any way. And that was one of her uh, assessments. Okay. That's that's excellent color commentary, Sean. Thank you. Yes, uh, <laughs> years of experience. <laughs> and so next He's up, not the best color guys, right? For nothing, <laughs> just a bit outside. Uh, so next, I'll talk about the teachers' response, and and that was interesting because I got really three different responses out of teachers. Uh, the one class of teachers was cool. I want one of those, and uh, and they they played with it and, and thought it was really neat. The another response was, um, I don't want that in my class. And then a third response was, yeah, okay. And I would say that was most of them. Most of the people were pretty ambivalent about it. The teachers didn't care uh, to interact with it anyway. Uh, they weren't intrigued by it, but nor were they bothered by it. Uh, the, the single biggest complaint that I got from teachers was that that device couldn't be monitored. You know, it didn't have iTalk on it like our desktops do. It didn't have the, the, it wasn't part of our network in that, you know, in that way. And, and they, a couple of teachers would not let this student use the thing. They would say, we, we, we want you to use the desktop in our classroom instead of this because I can't watch what you're doing on that. Now, that never right. even occurred to me. Um, but that was a big issue for them. And, and so there were some cases where she would literally not be allowed to take it out of the backpack for that reason. Oh, and speaking I, of, I, I understand that. I, you know, I, I've seen you know when you put a teacher in a classroom, and especially like the ones you have there, where you know the kids are on a computer pretty much constantly, and 
you know, you've got to, you've got to manage your class somehow. Right. I mean, yeah. And I didn't, I didn't disagree with that. Uh, but it does pre- present an interesting challenge in that. How do you bring that level of oversight to that sort of device? As far as I know, there's not any sort of, um, iTalk or, or net support or anything like that for Android. Uh, right. so if you're looking and, and, or iPad too, there may be some stuff out there for iPad, but I've not heard about it. So, those people who are doing these iPad rollouts are going to be running into that issue, the, the unmanageability of it, the, uh, uh, the lack of oversight of it. Um, and, you know, even with a, like a, a bring-your-own-device setup where kids bring their own laptop, you can uh, require that they have your stuff on them. You know, you can require that right. they have your filters. You can require that you, they have your snooping software on it. But in the case of these, these things that are basically big phones, it's not as far as I know, it's not yet an option. So I, I right. thought that was an, an interesting thing to point out. Point out. Most of the teachers, though, were pretty ambivalent. They let her do what she wanted to do with it, uh, and as long as she could do the work, and she could. She did every assignment. She did everything they asked her to do, and so they didn't care. Um, when I asked some teachers about using the device, I, didn't, I haven't just had it in the hands of, of students, but also teachers, um, for the ones who liked it, the coolness factor wore off pretty quickly, and it became, and I, I found that was my experience too. The coolness factor wore off, and I went back to my regular laptop and my regular desktop. It's, um, I don't know if it's uh, inflexibility in, in the fact that we're getting older, or maybe it's a difference in what we do. Maybe we the, our tools and our requirements uh, are different. But for me, it's a plus device. It's a laptop, a desktop, plus that. I would consider it a third device. And in a pinch, for a short time, I could replace my laptop with it. But it's not something I would want permanently in place of a laptop. And that was the impression that the, the adults that I gave it to thought as well. So, Well, I can understand that, though. I mean, you know, a teacher is going to have to... Uh, they're going to have to log in at, you know, once a period and, and do attendance and, uh, you know, do grades and then, you know, yeah, but uh, at, a, at our school, all that stuff and in most schools, all the stuff's web-based. You could do that from that tablet. Well, yeah, I mean, that's true, but then you've got all, I mean, there's always something, right? Well, maybe not always. I, we know of at least one district that is pretty much all web-based everything but um but the vast majority of districts you're going to have something you know there's a instant messaging system that you've got to be on or you know there's going to be some tools there that aren't going to work on that device and so it basically makes that device have to be a third device or a second device or whatever and um you know then that puts it in a category where there's got to be real something very compelling about it right so and, and so you know my my take on on the device is uh that there there you know it is that that stopgap between a desktop and a laptop or between a, a laptop and a smartphone I, really that's where I'd put it it's somewhere between I've been doing like email on a smartphone you can triage your email you can discard things you can do type one or two sentence responses but you don't want to be working all day every day out of your help desk uh, on a sm- on a smartphone, but on this tablet, I could see that I could see doing that for short term. It's not going to be something that I would want to do um, forever. And I, you know, like I said, the teacher, the student, kind of said the same thing that at some point she had to get to a real computer. Uh, right. But I think that 
it's not so much a hardware issue as a software issue. I think the software is going to have to catch up with us. Android and and uh, the iOS both um, came out of the phone world. They started as phone OSs and are being moved to non-phone devices. So I think that there's some uh, maturing and some evolution that's going to have to take place there before it is uh, ready for uh, to be a fully standalone device. Because you know they were create, created as companion devices, so I, I think I'm 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 interested to see what happens with Ice Cream Sandwich with some of its new features, and with uh, you know the new OSs that come. I think in a couple of years those distinctions are going to fade away. When as we move our our tasks, the things that we do, I, I believe are going to increasingly move more to online, and, and where local storage is going to matter less, and I think the OS is going to mature. So that maybe a year from now or two years from now, I'll be sitting here telling you that this type of device, this tablet type device, can be your only um, computing platform. Well, and let's let's go one further than that, Mark, because I'm I'm kind of curious, and it seems to me like it is, but I'll ask your opinion of it. Is you know you mentioned you know iPads, and iPads are so popular right now, and they're getting pushed out there. Uh, in my case, I'm seeing them come in floods that's funny that you choose the word pushed as in push down your throat well well if you're if you're coming from the tech side of things then yes it certainly feels that way uh you know the teacher side it's like uh santa claus is coming early but um but you know as far as uh, ipads because these seem like very uh, real alternatives and i hate even using the word alternative is actually maybe a better device to be getting. I mean, if you're looking for that functionality, uh, wouldn't this be a better device to go to? Absolutely. I would say that the, the Asus, uh, the transformer tablet itself without the keyboard is at, is at parity with the iPad. Really no, no, uh, distinct advantage either way. Some are a little better. One's a little better in some categories and, and others a little better in other categories. But once you add that keyboard, it becomes, far superior to the iPad in in almost every way. Right. I mean, if you're in an environment where you're going to be using the iPad anyways for, uh, you know, to look at stars or whatever you want to do, but you've got this extra bit of functionality there. So it seems like, to me, it's a better device because you do have some extra things you can do there. And not only that, but a lot of, you know... Certainly, there's some things that are better about an iPad uh, versus this device, but uh, Flash has got to be a big one, too. I mean, it seems like you can't walk into a classroom where they're not on some sort of site where they're using Flash. For now, I think that's going to change. You know, Adobe has announced that they're dropping support for mobile Flash entirely, and I think when sites have to start coding things for the mobile platform and for the desktop platform, they're going to drop Flash. Uh, and so I think Flash is going to be a non-issue in years to come. But right now and in, you know, for the, the next two or three years, I think you're absolutely right that Flash is a big advantage to Android. Yeah. Uh, and just some, some uh, observations about the physical. Um, this, I, perhaps the student took extraordinary care of it. I, I don't know for sure. But, you know, once I got it back and wiped off the soda stains and, and things like, you know, cause this was in a kid's backpack, that's going to happen. But once I cleaned it up with some Windex and, and, and spiffed it up, it looks as new as it did out of the package. There's not a scratch on it. There's not a dent on it. And, um, and we mentioned before, it's got this 
ruggedized surface uh, on the back of it. It's it's a metal case with uh, with sort of a diamond plate pattern that really um, sh- seems to shrug off scratches or smudges in any way. And of course, the glass is that Corning Gorilla Glass that is you know really hard to scratch or damaged anyway. But the device, having been in, in a kid's backpack and been her primary computing device for three weeks, shows no signs of wear at all. And and I mentioned in the first uh, show that the the hinge where it, where that keyboard snaps on, I felt was a little little flimsy and a little wonky, but. It's still rock solid. It's been used a lot. And she said, you know, that she uh, put the keyboard on and took it off several times every day. It's showing no signs of wear. It still clips on solid. It doesn't slip. So any worries I had about durability uh, are gone after having uh, kicked the tire. And I mean, literally kicked the tires uh, on it a little bit. It's been abused, uh, you know, as much as that thing is going to happen. Uh, you know, it gets thrown in a backpack with a bunch of other books and that sort of thing. It's going to take some natural wear and tear and it has held up to it. Uh, very well. So, uh, Asus has always had a good reputation for uh, building sturdy, reliable products, and I think this is the case with that thing too. It's it's not that uh, little what is it, High Mart tablet that they made um, the first Android tablet a couple of years ago. It's a it is a, a real class one, high quality device. Yeah, it even feels like that. I mean, you can usually. Uh, and you know, techs out there will know what I'm talking about, but you can take a device and you can hold it in your hands and you can kind of feel, you can just feel whether there's quality there or not. And this thing really does. I mean, there's some, there's some weight to it. And kind of like when you pick up an iPad, it's just, it has that solid kind of heavy feel to it that kind of gives you a warm fuzzy, right? You're just like, Hey, this feels good in my hands. Uh, and and yeah, I, I think we're almost like, I'm wondering if we're in a sweet spot with Asus because we've been really high on their products for the last, what, 18 months or so. Right. And, uh, I, I'm a little worried. Like, you know, it's too good to be true. Everything I've touched and used of theirs and I've used their stuff extensively, I've been really happy with. And I keep thinking that at some point, some executive is going to come in, you know, they're going to trade some people at the top or whatever and they're going to start trying to, to skimp and, you know, you know, get some extra pennies out of the company and uh, we're going to see the quality go way down. So it seems like, uh, you know, maybe we're in a sweet spot right now because their prices are great. And so far, the quality has been really good, too. So uh, my summation, I still don't believe that these mobile OS devices are suitable in a, for a one-to-one deployment. I think it, the problem is not with the hardware, but with the software. But this is a definitely a step in the right direction. And I think you could give these to kids who don't have anything else at home and who, uh, you know, if you have a couple of labs or a lab in your classroom and you have access to, quote unquote, real computers, these are excellent stopgap measures that will that will buy you more time out of your computer labs. And you can use them for all sorts of things without having to go to the lab. Uh, but every now and then, you're still going to have to use a real computer. So I don't think it's a full one-to-one, give everybody, everybody one of these and your technology problems are solved issue. I think it has that potential. And I'm more bullish on it than any other one-to-one device, including laptops that I've ever I, I hate one-to-one laptops, and I have, have been vocal about that for years. Uh, you know, the stupid carts with the wireless transmitter on the top, and the, the, it's it's a bad <laughs> idea. It never worked well. These things with the... Because they're optimized for mobile, because they're optimized for battery use, and with that extra battery, I can't stress enough that extra battery in the keyboard 
really sells this thing and makes it amazing. Uh, you know, 16 hours of continuous use. I mean, do you, how many times do you use your computer for 16 hours straight over, you know, it, it, even me, a heavy tech user, it's going to take me two, sometimes three days to use my computer for 16 full hours. And then it right. charges in about an hour. So at, at any point in the course of three days, I'm going to have an hour that I can turn it off or plug it in. So um, I really think that, uh, again, it's not there, but it's probably 87, 88% there. It's, it's so close that it's worth investing. It's worth keeping your eye on. And you might want to buy a pod here and there if you've got some discretionary money, but don't go out and uh, just spend your whole budget like I see people doing with iPads. Uh, I, I just think that's poor and, and it's not, nothing against the iPad. Again, it's the, the OS. It's what it's designed to do. It's not designed to do what we do in schools every day. So I just don't think it's ready yet. Yeah, well, I was going to say, you know, there's the uh, Sean Keibel uh, approved reason for uh, maybe getting these devices, and that's uh, to sell less iPads. <laughs> yeah, it's not an iPad. <laughs> right. <laughs> but again, just to recap that uh, I just bought one of these, so I don't know what bulk pricing is like, but just buying one of them, it's almost identical to the price of an iPad within a few dollars difference. I don't remember if it was more or less, but it's it's almost the same with the keyboard. And it's that keyboard that makes all the difference. Don't look at that the fact that it's $200 less and say this is an iPad uh, killer and I can get the same functionality as an iPad uh, for $200 less. And, and that's the problem. You get the same functionality as an iPad, and the iPad is weak in a lot of areas. That clip-on keyboard with the the extra USB ports and the uh, uh, HDMI out and, and that sort of stuff, that is what makes this the killer device. So don't overlook that to save a few dollars because it's um, it's cutting off your nose to spite your face. All right. Whew. I feel like I've t- been talking for 45 minutes straight. You pretty much have. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay though. I was actually interested to hear what the uh, the follow up to this was because uh, I got to see that for just a little bit and I thought it was a really cool device. All right, so uh, we'll just move on to our tips of the week now. And because I need a break, Sean, what is our teacher tip of the week? All right, uh, I've been. Uh, you know, I wish I could take credit for this. I really need to give credit where credit is due. Uh, my, I guess, I, my former principal, uh, Mark, you know him, Kevin. Uh-huh. Uh, he he started a, I, I can't remember if it's Digo or whatever, but he started a group, you know, uh, on one of these uh, sharing platforms, I guess. Uh, and he he made a group for his school for his teachers where uh, as anybody in the group found cool things out there on the web or whatever, they could share it. And pretty much he's been the only one contributing to that. <laughs> but I have stayed, uh, I have stayed in touch with it. I, I'm, I'm part of the group and every time he adds something new, it emails me. And uh, so it's been a great resource. And I got to say like the last three episodes my tip of the week has come directly from him uh so uh thank you kevin uh three months from now when you listen to this <laughs> <laughs> kevin's never up on his podcasts but uh this so this comes from kevin and it is crayola.com oh you're gonna have to go to the to <laughs> to our site to get the link to the show notes again uh crayola.com slash coloring uh, underscore application slash index dot CFM. So there's the long one if you want to 
pause and play that back a few times. Uh, this is for the little kids. Or elementop.com. Uh, Right, right. Yeah, definitely go to elementop.com, pull up the show notes for this episode and you can get it. Uh, it this is part of the reason that I have my live audience tonight because I, I brought that up and I was kind of playing around with it, you know, getting ready for the show. And my daughter saw it and it's it's basically it's it's by Crayola. So, you know, who makes the markers and, and crayons and everything. And it's a really just neat site where you can go on there and you've got this these virtual uh, you've got this page and these virtual crayons and markers, basically every product that Crayola makes. And you select like the marker or the crayon or whatever, and then you can pick the color and then you can just basically color just like a regular old coloring book. And, uh, uh, but they've done it just really well. It's really nicely done, uh, graphically. It looks really nice. And, uh, that's what started me not being able to get my laptop from my daughter, uh, cause, uh, she didn't want to stop playing around on it. So, uh, you know, if you got a little one, if you're, uh, a teacher and you're, you know, I don't know, I'm, I'm going to say probably fourth or fifth grade down is going to be really the, the sweet spot for this but uh any kid that loves to color have them go check it out and uh you too can lose your laptop i'm sorry i wasn't paying attention i was playing with the <laughs> with the little color thing are you coloring it's pretty cool <laughs> isn't it i'm color yeah I'm, I'm i'm using a uh a little washable marker right now I, and i'm seeing if you have a touchscreen device this will be awesome with a touchscreen so that yeah, you can interact and, and, with and I, I didn't try that, you know, I, I uh, maybe, uh, I don't know if it would even work on my phone or not, but, um, but yeah, if you had, if you can get it to work on a tablet or like you said, you know, if you have a touchscreen tablet or something like that, uh, it would be great. Um, and yeah, it's neat. It's got all the different colors and things, but you know, even the, it's funny to have the line, like if you're using a crayon, it looks kind of like right. uh, you're writing with a crayon or if it's a marker, it's more of a solid line. So now that uh, reminds me of the new ad, uh, that you may or may not have seen. It's relatively new. I've, I've seen it, uh, this weekend watching football games for the new iPad too. And there's a scene in there, uh, where they're showing all the things you can do with an iPad. And there's a scene where there's this artist using a doodle app on the iPad and drawing this beautiful landscape. Um, and, and I'm watching this thinking, that is so ridiculous. Who would do that? Yes, you can. Absolutely. They paid an artist to go out and stand in a field and paint the field. And it's awesome. The tool is there. But who would do that? What artist would walk around <laughs> with their iPad and make, you know, uh, chalk and, and, and uh, watercolor sketches on an iPad? They wouldn't. Nobody would do that. It's just a cool ad gimmick. Anyway, right. sorry. Uh, <laughs> my tech tip this week um, has a um, clever and creative and unique name. It's called Opened Files View. And the purpose of it is to view opened files. Okay. <laughs> it's, uh, sometimes geeks just are not creative at all. Uh, but what Opened Files View does, and again, the link will be in the show notes uh, that we'll mention too, is, is every now and then, and there are a lot of tools like this, but every now and then you'll try to uh, delete a file or move a file and it'll say it can't, this file is in use. And you have no idea what is using it so that you can move your file or rename your file, do whatever you want to do. So Open uh, Files yeah. View does that. You just run this thing and you right click on a file and say what's using it. And it'll tell you all the processes that are running that and even give you a little button to kill the process. Oh, so, that's nice. Yeah. So don't um, 
don't go crazy with it because you might end up killing something like explore.exe um, which can be <laughs> troublesome uh, but it's a cool little tool it doesn't take up it just sits in the system resource uh, system tray it doesn't take up much resources and it's there when you need it and it's a handy little tool called open files view and you can find the link to it in our show notes and now I guess would be a good time for you to tell everybody all about that and where you can find those show notes is at our <laughs> website elementop.com uh, that is where you can find uh, all of our other shows, including our soon-to-be award-winning show, uh, the Tightwad Teacher Podcast. Uh, but you can also find uh, our other shows on the network, uh, Everyday Linux, uh, One Meal, One Workout. I'm not going to list them all, but we have uh, other shows on the network for, for things that may interest you. Um, and you can find a contact link. To send us email, you can find our uh, voicemail widget. Just click uh, enter your phone number, enter your name if you want to. You don't even have to do that. Click leave us a message and Google Voice will call you. You can leave us a voicemail and we will play it on the show. You can also find what I think is the most compelling reason to go to our website uh, because you can get all the content via an RSS feed is the forums. Other people like yourselves, our Element OP community. So if you have a question for us or a comment or just uh, uh, need some help, there there are people who uh, watch that forum, and you can uh, make a post there and, and just join our community, join the conversation. That I'm happy to see that is growing um, every day. Uh, I, I see new new people added and, and new comments going on, and that's a good thing. You can also find us on the social networks, uh, Facebook and, and Twitter and Google Plus and yeah, just search Element OP. I get tired of doing this every week. <laughs> or <laughs> yeah, you you'll find us. Yeah, just find us. Or if you want to call us, if you're driving right now and you don't want to use a widget or anything like that, but you have something on your mind that you just have to say right now, dial five five nine I am OP on your phone. Five five nine I am OP. That's our phone. That's the Google Voice aforementioned number and if i can pull it up seamlessly enough so that you don't notice i'll tell you what those numbers are that's five five nine four two this is smooth six <laughs> six seven four three five five nine four two six six seven four three so there you go nice um, also, I want to uh, give a, a word of thanks and uh, continue to ask uh, that uh, if you were planning on doing any uh, Amazon.com shopping for your holiday season, uh, please use our referral link, elementopi.com slash Amazon, for everything but your Asus Transformer Prime, uh, which you may not be getting. Um, <laughs> if you if you make your purchase, if you go there, elementopi.com slash Amazon, it takes you to the regular Amazon.com website. None of the prices are any different. It's exactly what you would always get, but we get a small referral fee uh, for sending you there. That's part of their partner program. And I will say that just this week, I got our first ever check from you people doing that. So for the entire 11 months so far of 2011, I made $112. So thank you for that. Um, I'm not exactly going to get rich making $100 a year off of it, but it does represent the fact that you uh, are um, are using that link, and I thank you for that because that, that $100 is about what we pay for hosting every year. So there you go. You yeah. you doing what you ordinarily would do and not paying any more, uh, paid for a hosting that will keep our website uh, on the air. So thanks for that, and please continue to do it. And tell your friends. They don't have to be geeks. They don't know have to know anything about it just uh if they're using amazon go to elementopi.com slash amazon and uh we will thank you for it also if you're so inclined i, I 
I don't make a habit of begging for money, but maybe I should do it more often because every time I mention <laughs> it, we do get something. Uh, on our right. website at lmop.com, there's a tip jar button there. It's just a little place where you can, if you're so inclined, um, leave us a tip. Give us a little uh, money if you appreciate the show. And again, we put all that money back into the show. We're not lining our pockets with it, mainly because... There's nowhere near enough money for us uh, to line our pockets with it. Uh, but uh, you just go there, uh, and actually I'm clicking on the button, and it's not working. It will work by the time the show comes out. Uh, but you can leave us um, uh, 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 a recurring uh, payment of $2 or $5 there, or you can make a $1 thing. And, and what I like to say is um, if you like the show, I'm asking for a buck a show. We do 50 shows a year at least. Give me 50 bucks a year. And uh, a buck a show, I think we're worth it, even though Sean's on the show. And even though we're not award-winning, um, I think well, it's you know, a I mean, show. I don't need the money. My uh, my diamond shoes are a little tight, and my yeah. uh, my wallet's too small for my 50s. But yeah. You know, you can change those to hundreds, and they take up less space. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to start doing that. <laughs> well, you know, since I've moved to the big time, you know, That's I'm in the right. big things now. So. In the deluxe apartment in the sky. You finally got your piece of the pie. Right. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to have to say this was another great show. All right, John. And having pronounced that it is a great show, there's nothing more that can be said because we might mess up said great show. So I will simply say this is Mark signing off. And John signing off. <laughs>